Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. My name's Clayton Croker. Justin Anderson is two feet away from me to my left. We're in Saskatoon. Of course, out in Nova Scotia, we got Patrick Marsh. How's the Maritimes going, bud? They are fantastic. It's starting to get cool out. The leaves are dropping. Everybody's got pumpkins out getting ready for Halloween. I love it. Uh, Just a heads up, all three of us are extremely tired today. And it's one of those tired feelings where everything is goofy and funny. So we might go off the rails this episode. Just a heads up. So if halfway through you're listening and you're like, what the fuck is going on? That's why. We're all running on fumes. We're all pretty tired. Had zero sleep yesterday, coaching football, doing yard work. You've been curling up a storm, Justin. Patrick's been doing his new job, getting used to hours. So zombie show today. It's always kind of fun when everyone's tired, though. Am I the only one in that boat? Where am I? I don't even know what's going on right now. Are we doing a podcast what right you, now or am I just talking to myself? Radio again? is the best when people are tired because, again, they don't really think about what they're saying. They just say it. Yeah. And it ends up being so hilarious when you're awake and wired and you're ready to go. Sometimes you kind of overdo it a bit you over plan it and it's not organic and when you're super super tired you're just like oh let's just wing it i don't care i just want to go back to bed so uh it should be a fun one wherever you're listening thanks for listening uh anchor itunes spotify google podcast tune in stitcher all that fun stuff give us a review on there too you give us a review uh it pops up more people listen more people find the podcast and we can get a bigger community here uh facebook twitter and instagram make sure you like us make sure you follow us make sure you comment on our shit um, we're talking playoffs because the Nationals. How about them Nationals? Wow. Don't want to say a toe to so, but a toe to so. The Nationals get past the Dodgers. They're going all the way. Uh, we got some more grades to give out as well. This time we're going for the infield. And, well, we got some good grades and we got some bad grades. Um, also, though, I want to start this podcast off by giving a quick shout out to the guy who used a fake ID that said McLovin. Did you guys hear about this guy in the yeah, States? Yeah, I did hear about that. He used McLovin's ID, like the actual one from the movie Superbad. Just McLovin, the Irish R&B singer, you know? Like, <laughs> have you guys ever used a fake ID before? Patrick, were you a fake ID guy? Oh, you can't see it, but I was, the whole time I was nodding my head. And, sh- and then when you asked that question, I shook my head. And then I realized, this is radio. What the fuck am I doing? Oh, yeah, Uh, see, this is the tiredness kicking in. I like it. (laughs) I've never used a fake ID, uh, and I don't think I really had a drink until I turned 19. I was that dude. Holy. Justin? I never used a fake, no. Uh, The good thing about living in Lloydminster is that in Alberta, the legal drinking age is 18, so I got to celebrate two birthdays of legalization because one one year I just walked across the Alberta side, Mm -hmm. and the next year I was just trying got by my house. Bunch of nerds over here. Yeah, I, I was never really uh, into partying too much until about until grade twelve. Uh, okay. Right before I turned eighteen, basically, mm. um, I was too busy uh, with sports <laughs> to to have time for partying, playing soccer and curling, and yeah, all the works. Well, so. I was I was busy with sports too, but you always got to make time for some rye boys. I made time for uh, playing board games and video games. 
You are way too hardcore. Um, I had a fake ID when I lived in Chilliwack playing junior football. How old um, were you at the time? I was 17. Okay. And the drinking age out there is 19. Yeah. And my buddy looked exactly like me. In the Chilliwack mm. newspaper, they called us the uh, football version of Henrik and Daniel. <laughs> uh, we were we looked exactly like them. We were so ginger. I just used his ID because on IDs, they say hair color. Red. And if it says red and you have red hair, they don't even look at the photo. They're just like, oh, okay, red hair, whatever. So it's like the one perk to being ginger hmm. is you can just get a fake ID from anyone that's drinking age. Just grab their old one. Really, guys? No good fake ID stories? None, sorry. No, but can I make an awesome segue and say that, Clayton, I've been thinking a lot about who you remind me of the last, like, year and a half. <laughs> and this is what I've ended up with. You are, like the love child of ham from the sandlot yep and john blue toe blue tarski from national lampoon's animal house oh yeah <laughs> that's pretty spot on actually Jeez, yeah. that's pretty spot on it's uncanny yeah you mix in some jim from the office with my pranks and dry sense of humor and yeah that's that's pretty much it good i, can, I don't mind can I that. ask you one, one quick question okay so when you're when you're like at the at your like actual work office do you sometimes look away and kind of do the gym face thinking about what a camera like if there was a camera like <laughs> there's a will camera you, will you segue to yourself to oh, gym face at work at my house at football practice 24 7 i'm looking at pretend cameras <laughs> like, i've seen the office no word of a lie like 35 times through yeah. Like, I've seen that show so much. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'm starting to watch a little bit more in The Office because I'm getting a little... I just know every line to The Office. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know about you guys, but whenever I want to start a new show, I watch one episode and then I'm like, okay, back to The Office. <laughs> I never watch any new things. I just... So always end up crushing the office. That's like, one reason I yeah. got rid of Netflix is yeah. so I would stop watching The yeah. Office. One, uh, My life is an infinite loop of yeah. The Office. One quick um, fake ID story here again, and this is in Chilliwack. There was four redheads on our team, and we would just use the same ID at the bar. So one buddy <laughs> would go in and use the ID. We'd meet him at the back. He would give the ID to one of us. We would go back to the front to use the ID, meet him in the back again. It worked every time. Jeez. The bouncer had no idea. And we didn't even wait like 10 minutes. We would go like two minutes. Just cycle like, it. Back to back to back to back. Bouncers don't care. Like, that's the thing about bouncers. They're just big guys, and, and they again, don't care. Red hair. Yeah. They probably just feel bad for us because we're ginger, honestly. Um, <laughs> do you guys want to talk some baseball? Anything Let's else you guys want to talk about baseball. Yeah, some baseball stuff. Um, the playoffs have been fantastic so far. Yeah. Um, the Washington Nationals. My God. Did anyone see them sweeping the St. Louis Cardinals. We had them beating the St. Louis Cardinals if they got past the Dodgers, yeah. which they did. You guys, I, I I picked the Cardinals, which I feel bad about now. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Dead if wrong. If we check the tape and we go back, called it. Yeah, so did Clayton. I <laughs> called it. I didn't say sweep, though. Did you say sweep? Oh, I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of stomp. Mm-hmm. Uh, close enough. I know it's not. I know when we were talking wild card at the end of the year, all of us were in agreement that they had like a rotation that could be dangerous, like mm -hmm. that we didn't want to face the Nationals if they got through that wild card game, and yeah. they showed why, right? Like they were good. I mean, I I kind of picked the Cardinals to be different last week, but <laughs> I'm it not seems, mad about either team winning. <laughs> it seems like in playoff baseball, everyone focuses on the bullpens. No one really focuses on the starting rotation. It's all about the bullpens and, oh, how deep is their bullpen? Look how many bullpen guys they have because in the playoffs, you always go to your bullpen. So I think Washington flew under the radar with their awesome rotation. Like Steven yeah. Strasburg, 
Man, Unreal. has he had a great season, followed by a great playoff run as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick, I'll ask you this because you're out east. Um, do you feel sad or happy being that this used to be the Expos? Like, are you kind of like, oh, yeah, the Expos finally made it? Or are you like, oh, what could have been? I mean, it's a great question because I think I think the Nationals are an extremely unpopular team in Canada because they used to be the Expos. Um, I'm actually going to sidestep this question for a second and say... <laughs> Trudeau over here, sidestepping the question. Wow. Hold on. I just want to say this talking point that has been coming up uh, about players taking paternity leave in the middle of the playoffs. Mm, yeah. Uh, everybody out there who criticized... Uh, it was Daniel Hudson, right? It was. Took, um, everybody who criticized uh, him for taking paternity leave for the birth of his child is an asshole. A complete asshole. Okay? You all, like Some people only ever have one child, okay? And it is a special moment. And no, I'm not a parent. But speaking as a former baby myself, uh, I enjoyed the fact that my parents were both present at my birth. Well, I guess my mom had to be. But you get what I'm saying. Like, this is a definitive moment in Daniel Hudson's life. And as important as his job is, you know, it, like if, if, if any other person has a job and they take time off to go see the birth of their child, nobody cares. But all of a sudden, a, a bullpen guy in Washington uh, who plays for the nationals it just blows my fucking mind i'm sorry mrs anderson i said the f word i apologize i'm putting a dollar in the swear jar but this is a mini rant i can't (laughs) stand it if you said if you criticize daniel hudson for taking paternity leave you are an asshole that's uh that's former blue jay daniel hudson to you that's right, former Blue Jays legend. Daniel who Hudson. who would have predicted that when we traded Daniel Hudson to the Nationals that he would be closing games them in the playoffs? Yeah. Like another good move there, Shapiro and Atkins. Way to go. It's almost uh, as if they're <laughs> up to something, boys. Uh, I had a drink fair to my heard that. We took a uh, left turn there from Expos Talk to Paternity Leaf. Yeah. That was a nice segue there, Patrick. Not a lot of people uh, could do that. I was just really upset about it. Yeah, it was that just... was that was something that I saw on Twitter this weekend too, when I was briefly checking. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. All right. So moral of the story here, uh, Expos fans are kind of happy that the Nationals are in the World Series. I mean, I'd say mixed reviews. Yeah. Can they uh, win without Bryce? Yeah, I, I think they can. And I think it'd be <laughs> hilarious if they did. Patrick, go, are, go they, Nats. are they winning without Bryce? I'm vigorously rooting in favor of the Nationals winning the World Series now because I <laughs> want it to happen. Because I want that narrative to continue Do you- forever. Oh, do you guys remember in spring training when they were first interviewing Bryce Harper and he talked about how he was like, yeah, we're going to bring a championship back to D.C. Oh, yeah. And then he, like, he slipped up and said, wouldn't that be hilarious? How, how many times will that sound bite be played if, if Washington does win? It's like, he well, we, it. we did it, Bryce. He called it. <laughs> we did it. I think we're going to cheer for the Nationals because, well, if the Astros win, I kind of want the Astros to go back to back. But if the Yankees end up winning the ALCS... I think everybody in Canada will be cheering. Everybody who's not a Yankee fan, Washington, be yeah. For Washington. Let's get to the ALCS, shall we? Yeah. Um, because yeah, the Cardinals look like dump. The Nationals look great. Um, this ALCS is going to get interesting because 
these starting rotations are just going at each other right now. The lineups are both great. Um, right now, the Astros have that 2-1 to one lead, but I feel like the Yankees play better when the pressure's on because they have that veteran laced lineup. Uh, Justin, are you seeing the Yankees coming back to, to dominate the series, or is Houston going to keep it rolling? It's a good question. I mean, we've got uh, what is it? Four games left in this series now. Yeah, and there and there's two at Yankee Stadium and two at, in Houston because MLB does that two three two format. Mm-hmm. So the Yankees still have two more home games in a row coming up here. If they can take one or if they can take one or both of those, they've got a good shot. I think for them to win, they're going to have to figure out Houston's rotation. Um, they're going to have I think it's Granky tomorrow against Tanaka again, same matchup as Game One, and Tanaka rolled over the Astros lineup in, in game one. It's mm-hmm. going to come down to starting pitching. Like, like you you were saying, like the rotations have been going at it. So it's going to be, it's going to come down to who, whose lineup figures out the opposing pitching staff first. Patrick, are the Yankees coming back here or are they done? Best thing that could have happened to the Yankees was today's game being rained out. <laughs> uh, Cause it just totally takes the wind out of the sails of uh, the Astros. They were coming in hot up to one. And now they got to wait Honestly, if the Astros win game uh, game four, I think it's it's over. It's all over. I just don't. I don't know. Like, I don't see these Yankees as being equally as resilient as the old Yankees of the '90s. I think they're going to be very easily tipped over. And I think if they can't get you know like a complete game shutout out of their starter, uh, so I guess you guys said it was Tanaka. For game four? Yeah. Why are they rolling with such a short rotation? Day, o- day, day off pushes everybody back. It'll be basically full day's rest. So Then why the fuck are the Astros starting Granky when they... Sh- like Same starters as game one. Uh, is there why. anybody else? It Good. doesn't really matter. Granky's a pretty Granky's good pitcher. He's a pretty good pitcher. Yeah. He is, but he's had some doo-doo uh, starts uh, here at the end of September and then uh, a couple in the postseason so far. This one rain delay game might be pretty good for the Astros if they want to move up Garrett Cole. Like, say, yeah. if the Yankees win this game and they tie it 2-2, theoretically, they could come back to Cole on some pretty short rest. And if they want to get that 3-2 lead, because they got Verlander in the hole as well. So, like, that's the thing about the Astros. Their starting rotation is dangerous. Sure, they, the Yankees have Tanaka and Saravino, but... I mean, those those big three there that they have with Granky, Verlander, and Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's unhittable right now. Mm, he's, like, yeah. remember Madison Bumgarner for the Giants back in, I want to say, 2012? Yeah, Bumgarner 2010, was, 2012, yeah. and 2014, wasn't it? Bumgarner was unhittable. This is what Garrett Cole looks like right now. He looks like a Bumgarner. Yeah. Because, a mad bum. Yeah, well, mad bum, he really kind of fell off a cliff after 2015. But Garrett Cole, I mean, I still can't get over that video showing his uh, two-seamer and his fastball and, like, yeah. how much different they looked, like, side it's by incre- side. It's incredible. It's not even fair for the hitters. So I think, again, like, the pitching is huge in this. But who has the better lineup between the two, would you say, Justin? I would say the Astros have a more experienced lineup, but in terms of just like sheer power, it's got to be the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the Yankees stadium, 
that's going to be big for the Yankees, obviously, because Short right it's a porch. home run stadium. But three hundred and twelve foot fly balls yeah, in home in, runs there. in Houston, it's different. So like, again, the, yeah, the ballparks are way different. They're playing a factor in this series. <laughs> the lineups, the pitching. I mean, I like this series a lot, and I'm I don't really say that with the Yankees a lot because I hate watching the Yankees. Oh, but uh, final predictions: What's this series going to end at? Uh, Houston in six. Houston in five. Yankees in seven. I think the Yankees are going to come back and beat them. I don't know. I think that Garrett Cole is going to get another win for Houston, and I think, I think Verlander and Granke are going to struggle. But I don't know. That's just me. Um, another thing kind of going on right now in the playoffs, uh, pitch tipping. Yeah. seems like everyone's pitch tipping, and that's been a big topic of discussion yeah. after every single game. Do you guys like pitch tipping? Like, do you like it when teams call each other out for pitch tipping or if they use that? Like, do you have a problem with that? I don't care. It's baseball. Strategy. Yeah, it's, it's part of the game. What are and the if, hydra you, pitches? if you suck at it, don't do it. This is what made uh, Marco uh, Marco Estrada so good those couple seasons because he was uh, he perfected his deceptive delivery. He made his changeup and his fastball look identical, and nobody could hit off of him. And now on the kind of the other end of the spectrum, Tyler Glasnow got the snot hit out of him just because <laughs> he kept tipping off his pitches. The same thing happened to Trent Thornton this year too. He was tipping his pitches, and um, once he figured out the problem, he started to pitch better. Just don't do it, and don't be mad at anybody because you're doing it. You're responsible for doing it, so don't fucking do it. It's like um, David Price says: if you don't like it, be better. Yeah. That is the best line, I think, to date, ever. Yeah. If you don't good. like it, be better. Yeah. And that's that's something that everyone, not just in baseball, but in life, has to realize. If you don't like it, be, be better. better. Look at you, Atkins and Shapiro. Um, <laughs> let's get to uh, some grading, shall we? Uh, we graded the outfielders on last week's podcast, and it was... It was gross. Um, our infield grades, though, we got a couple good ones out there. The uh, Jays infield, it's got some promise. It also built has it also has a couple holes, but for the most part, it is built for success. Uh, we're gonna break it down into some uh, different categories as well, kind of like yesterday or kind of like last week. Uh, the clear returnees, the guys who will be back next year, the guys who are kind of on the bubble, and the guys who will be riding the pine, and the guys who we will never see again. Uh, let's get to the guys who are uh, actually going to be on the team for a long, long time. Uh, first up, Vladdy Jr. A um, lot of questions about his defense coming into this season, and yeah, sure, he had a couple errors, and his defensive numbers weren't that great, but he was making big plays at third. Mm-hmm. Like He was making some exciting plays, and he has an absolute hose. Uh, when it comes to his bat, everyone knows you know, he's, he's got a great bat. He got off to a really, really slow start, but Vladdy Jr., we'll start with you, Patrick. What are you uh, going to be giving him for a grade? I mean, if we boil it all down, uh, C plus. Here's Whoa. the thing. It's no, just let me say what I have to say. Um, if you look at his performance in April and May, and then again in August and September, or not August and September, just September, uh, he he was doing this thing where he was just swinging at stuff outside the zone unnecessarily because he wanted to get that big hit. And he let a lot of walks go because he was trying to make contact. Um, and he, he did make a lot of contact. The problem is that they didn't drop for base hits. They were pop outs or line outs or uh, ground outs. And I, I wouldn't say that I was disappointed because he still put up, you know, pretty good numbers for a 20 year old. Um, 
you know, he didn't – I expected him to have a season as good as what uh, Alvarez had in Houston. Maybe not Alonzo in New York because that guy appears to be some sort of freak of nature. <laughs> um, but, you know, Al- Alvarez is 22 and Alonzo is 24. And those years make a huge difference when it comes to your discipline at the plate. So maybe I, I need to be a little softer on Guerrero. Um the reckless swinging has to stop in in order for him to really achieve elite status as a hitter. He still has an elite eye. Uh, Obviously he's learned a lot from his dad. Um, The other thing is his conditioning. I don't want to harp on the same talking points that other pundits are going to harp on all off season. But if he comes in, uh, working on his conditioning the way that he's already said that he's going to, I think next year is going to be really interesting. And I think he's going to have the biggest jump as far as improvement goes. So I'm going to start with a C plus just because he did start off super slow. And we can't just forget about that and pretend it didn't happen. So room for improvement. I'm going to go B because of the expectations that were placed upon him coming into the season and how everyone thought, yeah, he's going to hit 350 and crush 30 home runs. I think we, we, we can grade him a little bit harsh based on that. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to stay at third base, he does have to follow that conditioning plan that they have laid out for him because if you you can't have a kid this big stay at third base for long, so he's just going to get wore out. And we saw it a lot with the with the off days that were probably a result of him just not being in great shape and needing some days off to recover. Um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I know when, it's, when you're 250 pounds – it's uh it's rough on your joints when you're running around with that much weight on top of them. So mm-hmm. to be especially on like the hard turf at Rogers Center, I hate to use the turf as an excuse like Harold Reynolds in the playoffs. Um, but it is. It's a thing. It's hard to run on, it's hard to plan every day. And having a guy that big running at full speed, he's not a slow guy by all any means. And if he can lose some weight, I think he can be a pretty good player. Uh so hopefully, yeah, I hope I hope you're right, Patrick. I hope he sticks to that that plan that they have laid out for him. I, I do not agree with you in the fact that I think he's a reckless swinger. I mean, we see Teoscar Hernandez strike out a third of the time, and Vladi only strikes out about 18% of the time, so it's almost half of what Teoscar does. Um, yeah, there's there are times when he does take those reckless swings, but it's not three in a row like guys like Hernandez or Gritchuk do, where you just know he's going to strike out. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you're, you are right, though. Like he, he is expanding the zone, which is something that his dad used to do a lot of. Um, so I, I think another year of experience and getting into better shape will take Vladdy from a B to an A next year. He hit 272. His yep. on base was 339. He had 69 RBIs. His nice. WAR wasn't terrible. 0.4. Yeah. Could be better. Definitely could be better. Yeah. But I mean, 272 with an on base at 339. And I'm gonna give him bonus points for his home run derby performance because that was just sick. <laughs> I wish I'm giving him a B plus. And okay. I, the reason he gets the plus for me is his defense was way, way better than everyone thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Everyone thought he was gonna be a joke at third. Mm-hmm. He was definitely holding his own at third base. I have one number to put out for you guys. Forty nine point six percent. Why'd you think that would be? Was that your average in high school? Hey, oh no, that's the that's the percentage of Laddie's balls in play that were ground balls. About half of them. Wow. So it doesn't matter when you're hitting the ball 110 miles per hour off the bat. If it's all going into the ground, that's why his his power numbers were low. Mm-hmm. Um, home runs per fly ball, totally league average. But, I mean, 
if you were to put more fly balls and more balls in uh, and play as a fly ball and a mm-hmm. line drive instead of a ground ball, he would have had a lot more base hits. That's why his power numbers were were low, um, just because he was hitting balls on the ground. Uh, next up here, Kavon Biggio. He hit 234, but his on base was 364. What a beauty! Even though he struck out 28.6 percent of the time, mm-hmm. that's weird. How can your on base be 364 when you're striking out that much? He walks 16.5 percent of the like, time. This guy walks a lot, which <laughs> should be factored in here to the grades. Um, his WAR was 2.4. Kavon Biggio had a hot start, mm-hmm. kind of faded a little bit. Justin, we'll let you start with Biggio. Yeah, sure. The big differences even between uh, Biggio and Vladdy, uh, they're bad at both the same. 308 versus 309. The difference in in, in Kavan's numbers is that. 25% of his balls were on the ground. So half of what Vladdy did. And he had 47% fly ball rate, 27.6% line drive rate. So he mm-hmm. gets balls in the air, which is a big difference between him and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And that is a big difference why Kevin was able to hit uh, 20 home runs, or sorry, 16 home runs. I was looking at projections. 16 home runs in less time than Vladdy did, um, while also stealing 14 bases. So he contributed in a lot more ways than Vladdy. His defense... Um, much better than Vladdy's, obviously contributed with a lot of stolen bases and walks. Um, yeah, really the big difference between him and Vladdy is just the the power numbers. Uh, Kevin was hitting for more power and keeping the balls in the air. I'm going to give him a B plus. Patrick, what are you giving Biggio? I'm giving him an A minus, and I think that he was our rookie of the year. Agreed. Um, if you, like, I mean, Justin laid it all, all out pretty clearly. One thing that I'm interested in, in noting is that Kavan only played uh, 100 games this year. He only had 430 plate appearances. So, like, I think if it's like if you play 150 games or something like that, you, you should crack something around 600 plate appearances. So I'd love to see Kavan Biggio get that many plate appearances uh, in 2020 because I think these numbers would be staggering if, if he had a chance to actually play like a full, full season with the Jays, mm-hmm. um, even if he changed absolutely nothing in his game whatsoever and got those extra 170 plate appearances, he would still generate 22 home runs uh, and something around like 60-ish RBI. Yeah. Um, but he would also have stolen around 20 bases. Uh, and he would definitely be getting consideration for uh, rookie of the year if he had played the full season. That being said, we can't. We're not going to pretend like we can extrapolate these numbers. Players change <laughs> year to year. I will say he's got the best plate vision of anybody on the team. Uh, I think it's better than Justin Smokes, who's declined a little bit in the last couple of years. Um, that on base potential is there. He could be the number four hitter that that uh, that we desperately need in this lineup, which means we can say goodbye to Teoscar Hernandez or Rowdy Telez in that spot. Put Cavan in a cleanup, man. He'd be. I think he would pull Edwin Encarnacion numbers. He's got the power. So what's his grade? Oh, sorry, A minus. A minus. Okay. Yeah, I'm giving him a B plus. Same grade as Vladdy. Had a pretty good year. His defense is great. Uh, just one one more thing. Go ahead, Clayton. You finish up. Your, I'm done. You're done already. Yeah. Okay. I'm cool. short and sweet here, boys. Nice. I just wanted to ask you guys a a prediction question for Cavan. So we saw him hit 16 home runs and steal 14 bases this year. 
Do you think he's a guy who can hit 30 home runs and steal 30 bases in a year? Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe not next year, but in a couple years, yeah. Yeah, so I, I love what Patrick's uh, point is there about putting him in the cleanup hole. The only thing I like about guys who get on base and steal bases is that they bat before the cleanup hitter. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the Jays kind of had a, a good thing going when they had uh, Bo leading off, followed by Cavan, and then followed by Vladdy, one, two, three. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good crew. Uh, I'd almost even put Vladdy in the two hole instead of uh, and put Cavan behind him and kind of have like the old uh, days where Donaldson hit before Bautista. I was just I, about to bring that I would, up. I would kind of put Cavan in more of the the Bautista position in that regard mm-hmm. because he actually gets the ball in the air. Yeah. Whereas Vladdy's a guy who, if Bo's on base, he's going to get pitches to hit. And he's that guy who has like that double potential mm-hmm. and also yeah. the walk numbers too. And of course, so does Cavan. So, I mean, they're kind of interchangeable there. Then you've got the guy in Biggio below him who's a left-handed hitter and can hit for some pop, right? So I, I think they can kind of flip-flop Vladdy and Cavan between the two and three hole depending on what the other team's pitcher is. Like if you have a lefty on yeah. the mound, maybe you put Cavan in the two hole and flip Vladdy at number three and or something like that. So I think they, they're – I mean, we have kind of an embarrassment of riches with those three guys. Exactly. Though. It doesn't really matter so. where we put him other than Vladdy leadoff. He's yeah. not going to be that in leadoff. But we got a couple guys we can rotate at number but one now and number that you... two. Now that you bring it up, Justin, the yeah. idea of putting Guriel in at fourth yeah. is tantalizing because he clearly has developed uh, the best like power strokes so far. Sure. Like he is definitely he definitely exceeded everybody's expectations as far as power last year. I would love to see him bat clean up. That's a good especially- point. With all those deadly hitters in front of him. Yeah, and you bring up a good point there, too, because we all know that Gurriel is not going to be the guy who's going to take a walk either. So putting him in the four hole, it doesn't guarantee that at least one player ahead of him is going to get on base, but there's a pretty good chance of it. And at least you have him, even if he strikes out, you know that he's doing it with at least his runners on base. So I don't know. I kind of like that, too. I think that's a good... uh, a good thing to try. And then if you have a guy like Telez or Hernandez in the fifth spot, at least you have some more power down there as well, too. Uh, next up here, we got Danny Jansen, mm-hmm. um, another highly touted young guy we have. We've been looking forward to this guy being the future behind the plate for a long time. Uh, his offense was bad this year. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Uh, at times, he would go streaking. He had that one stretch. And, and it would be like, holy shit, if Danny can keep this up, we're, we're a dangerous team. The thing is, he could not keep it up. He strikes yeah. out a little bit more than he should. His war is great, 1.4, 13 dingers. It's but defensive yeah, war. His average was <laughs> 207. Like, Here's the thing, though. He started off the season horrible, horrible. when it came to defense. He was letting pass balls by like no man's business. He couldn't throw anyone out. He really turned it around after the first month. Like as a former catcher, I was on his case at the start of the year. Yeah. Because it was just bad. And I know you're a rookie, but you're a major league baseball player. Figure it out. He really did figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give Danny Jansen a C plus. Um, Patrick, what are you giving Danny? Uh, C minus. I was extremely disappointed with his performance at the plate. I, I just... You can't hit 200. You can't just crawl over the Mendoza line and then expect to hold your spot. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> I will say he is developing a better eye at the plate with regards to how he selects what he hits. He's never going to be the guy to steal bases, uh, but he's got power upside, uh, which is kind of the identity of the jays for the last five years it seems tons of power upside can't steal a base for shit yeah um but yeah all of his all of his war this year was like defensive 
Um, he calls a great game. I, mm-hmm. I, it's, I know it's something we don't talk about a lot, and we were kind of spoiled by the fact that we had Russell Martin behind the plate for a few years there, uh, and Russell calls a game like nobody else that I've seen in a Jays uniform. Um, but I think Danny has the potential to surpass that. Um, he just needs to get his hitting in order because this was bad, and he may end up getting passed on the depth chart if he doesn't fix this. For sure. No, I I would agree with you, Patrick. Uh, like April, May, he was hitting. He hit 182 and then 143 over the first two months of the season. Uh, from June, July, and August, though, his average is in the 240s in all three of those months before he dipped back down to 182 in in September and October. So we kind of have to hope that he's more of that 240 guy. And I think that's kind of Danny's uh, ceiling or a likely spot for hitting for average. I think he's somewhere between like a 225 and a 250 kind of hitter. Um, but you did mention, yeah, he's he's got that power stroke too. Uh, hit 13 home runs this year. Um, and I thought at times it looked like he could be a guy who could hit 20 home runs for us. If you can get 20 home runs from your catcher, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, Denny played in 107 games. So Reese McGuire, Luke Maley stole about 50 games from him, which is totally fair. He didn't deserve to play 130 games this year because of how he played. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned the great game calling. He's got the ability to take walks um, and his defense, like Clayton, you mentioned too. Like he was in the top 10 in all of baseball for defensive runs saved this year, mm-hmm. uh, which is no slouch for a rookie catcher. So and how he started too, yeah. the fact that he crept up into the top 10 because it was a bad yeah. first three weeks. I'm giving Danny Jansen a, uh, a B minus because of his defense and the amount of effort that it takes for a rookie catcher to learn not only um, the pitching staff, but the Jays used like 30 different pitchers this year. So for him to have to learn the repertoire of 30 different people while also improving his defense, props to John Schneider for helping him with that as well. Um, B minus for me, just because of the amount of the work he put in. I love the fact you threw the variables in there instead of just looking at the numbers, Justin. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thanks, buddy. I'm very, very proud of you. Uh, next up, Bo Bichette for me, A++. He's the <laughs> fucking guy. I love him. Bo Bichette, A++. End of story. Justin, take it away. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give Bo an A-. minus. How dare you? Purely because of uh, some laziness on defense at times. I think he's got a potential to be like a gold glove defender. Like he looked, There are times when, when you know that Bo is like going for the ball, and he's like, yeah, he's going to get that. He'll mm-hmm. be fine. There's other times where he just airmails a routine throw. It's almost like he just doesn't think enough on some throws. He's just like, oh, this is routine. And then he just kind of does it without thinking, mm-hmm. without kind of putting in that full step throw, whatever, his full motion. Um, so I, I give him, I'm giving them that A- or it's A minus, yeah, A minus, just because of that, uh, the defensive kind of lackadaisical attitude. But I mean, we saw him for 46 games, so I almost feel like an A is a little bit too high, even. But we did see a ton from him. Like, we know he's going to be a guy who strikes out lots, he'll hit home runs, he'll steal bases. Uh, but I also want to see him play that defense that we expect a shortstop to play because there are guys coming up like Jordan Groshans who are better defenders, perhaps, than Bo. Um, he's going to have to show that he can play great defense to be that shortstop forever. Um, I hope he does. I think he will. I'm sorry, but I'm over this whole Groshans over yeah, I know. shit. I know, you th- I know you're I know you over it. 
like Boba Shett came in and proved it on day one, guys. Yeah. Proved that he can be our big league shortstop. And we're sitting here talking about Jordan Groshans, who is a great player, I'm sure. <laughs> but he's just a prospect at this point, okay? He's still in, what, double A, single A ball? Uh, he's in high, he's in high A ball. High A ball. And so we're talking about a guy who's in high A right now, possibly taking over for a guy who not just lit the Jays on fire, but the whole league. Yeah. Everyone was talking about Boba Shett. 200 at-bats. So show me it over over six hundred, and I'll give him the mantle forever. I think he's going to be the shortstop for a long time. I think Groshans will play third base, mm-hmm. and Vladdy's going to yeah, go to first that's base. That's what I think too. Yeah, yeah. I, but I mean, Groshans as a defender, I think right now is more technically sound than Bo. Just in the over the of what I've seen in, in film and the scouting reports for both guys, um, I I think Bo has a little bit of ways to go to just get to that consistent level. I just want to see it consistently. He's got all the tools to be great. Patrick? I'm giving Bo B plus, and the only reason why I don't give him an A is exactly why you, what what you just laid out with regards to giving him an A. There was a little bit of that lackadaisical uh, <laughs> attitude on defense. Um, but that being said, holy shit, guys. His OBP was 358. Him and Kavan together are going to be a deadly tandem. That's what I say. 1-2-3 like, with him and Vladi and Kavan. Man, on base percentage. It's just insane. The, with these four stars, and they're all going to be stars, uh, in Bichette, Biggio, Guriel, and Guerrero, I mean, that the first four in our lineup are going to be really fucking good for a long time. And I'm not going to want to face them if I'm the Yankees or the Red Sox because there's really not an answer uh, to Bo Bichette. I mean... You could walk him, but then he gets on base, and he's got the ability to steal bases. He didn't really get too much of a chance in his 46 games, but uh, I think we ha- I don't think we've seen peak Bo Bichette yet. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if his average dropped 30 points and he ended up settling around 280. Um, but even then, a fucking 280 shortstop with power upside and speed, like he's as close to a five-tool player as we have on our team right now, and I just think there's something here that we might not have realized before, and that this isn't even his final form. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've known Bo Bichette has is going to be the guy for like three years. As soon as we got him, I was like, "Let's go." He's got the name. Mm-hmm. He's got the hair. He's got the swing. If you look at Josh Donaldson's swing next to Bo Bichette's swing, they look a lot similar. The timing with the leg kick, the way that their hips move back, and the way that his wrists move back as well. His wrists are so good. Fast hands. Like fast, fast Looks like a ball player. And here's the thing. Oh, looks like a great ball player. And here's the thing. He's 21. He's not like Josh who was not broken down by the time he got to us, but he had played a lot of ball. And he started and as a catcher too, right? He was right? a little nicked up, yeah. We got a guy who swings like Josh Donaldson in his prime at 21, <laughs> and he does. he's pretty fresh. Yeah. A++, anything less, you're wrong. Um, I'm just kidding. You're not wrong, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> the next category here, Rowdy Telez gets his own. Uh, is there no one else? That's Rowdy Teles. The Russell Crowe yeah. gladiator showed up yeah. right there. Is there no one else? <laughs> Rowdy, he had 21 dingers and 54 RBIs, but man, talk about streakiness. And consistency. Yeah, Patrick, we'll let you start on Rowdy here. I mean, 
if there's ever a reason to keep Justin Smoke around for another year, <laughs> Rowdy Teles definitely did all the work for Justin Smoke to, to justify keeping him for another year. Um, I know, like, we've talked about this before, and Teles was never expected to be one of those guys in this resurgence of youth that we have. He was never expected to be a star. Uh, and his performance in 2018, riding that emotional high, was tremendous. And then we all quickly forgot about it when we actually saw Rowdy in action in 2019. <laughs> he just he strikes out an alarming amount. Uh, he doesn't draw walks. He's a first baseman. And he doesn't draw walks. I don't understand. He's got the power. He could definitely hit 30 home runs if he played a full season. But what the fuck is the point of a first baseman who hits 30 home runs and strikes out 28% of the time? And, I mean, honestly, if we're really going to let him off the chain more uh, and just let him swing like the Dickens, he's going to strike out a lot more. And I just – I don't know, man. I just don't see him being able to hit higher than 230, and that's just not good enough. Yeah. I mean <laughs> – So what's his grade? Uh, C minus. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on the C minus. I do want to give him props, though. Uh, I was I was pleasantly shocked when I looked up his fielding metrics on Fangraphs, and he actually nets out to a positive value fielder with their UZR ranking, which is the ultimate zone rating. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. I was yeah. actually kind of surprised by that. His defensive <sighs> war is still negative, but in some metrics he's positive. So we'll give him props for being a better defender than I thought he was. Um the big place where we're losing value with him, you mentioned strikeouts. Also a terrible base runner. He's just so slow. And, yeah, not being able to draw walks. We, we were blessed for a long time for the for a few years there with Justin Smoke, who, was the, who had the ability to just draw a ton of walks um, while also providing good leadership and uh, some power numbers too, which is what Rowdy provides. He, he does have that power. You're right. But he also strikes out four times more than he walks. So let's – Can I uh, have a – Yeah. Sure. Can I give a quick quick shout out to my dad? Yeah. Um, he's. I remember my dad saying this when I was younger, watching uh, <laughs> uh, players run around the base paths. Um, he would say that Rowdy Teles runs around the base paths like he has a grand piano on his back. That he's is just. No matter how much true. effort he puts in, he just he's so fucking slow. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. Um, I I like I mentioned C minus. I think we'll see Rowdy Telez get 500 to 600 at bats next season. I think they'll just give him that one more year because is there no one else? C minus is all around for Rowdy. <laughs> Let's be real here. Yeah. Um, the next segment here, or next category, I should say, um, the guy who's going to start opening day on the bench, Reese McGuire. Uh, he is our backup catcher of the future, if that even exists, uh, because it's Danny Jansen's job. Reese McGuire did some things that – kind of pushed Danny Jansen. Mm. Let's just put it at that, you know, kind of pushed him to be a little bit better. But let's be honest, Reese McGuire isn't leapfrogging Danny Jansen on our catcher depth chart anytime soon. But he's a serviceable backup, and he played okay. I just think, again, it was Danny's rookie year. Reese is a young guy as well. But I'm going to give Reese just, again, a solid C. I'm going to give Reese McGuire a B. He, he hit almost 300. Yeah, it's only 105 plate appearances. I know I'm going kind of against my past performances of grading where I usually give guys harsher grades. Um, but I, this guy is a great defender as well. 
uh, with, with with Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire as our two catchers moving forward, we've got a great defensive duo, and both guys are very good at calling games. Mm-hmm. They're both very good at receiving the ball. Um, Danny Jansen ranks very high again in like pitch framing metrics, and Reese McGuire was slowly moving his way up the ranks as the as they got more data on him. Of course, only thirty games, so not a ton of innings for him to be um, rated too hard too harshly defensively or positively, really. Um, but I did like what I saw from him. Um, more so than what we'd ever seen from him before in, in his past little call-up stints. I think he's got definite backup potential. I think the ceiling for Danny Jansen is still much higher. Um, Reese McGuire is doing what prospects do in September, putting on a show. We saw it with Richard Urania last year. We saw it with Ryder Telez last year. This year it was, it was Reese McGuire. So I'm going to give him a B just because. Patrick, what are you giving, uh, what are you giving old Reese Puffs? Reese is getting a B plus for me because he did everything that was expected of him in the time that we had him, uh, and then some. Um, at the very least, next year, he's going to back up Danny Jansen. Uh, and if he hits as well as he did last season, he's going to see a much larger split than 30-130. Um, Luke Melee, we'll talk about him later, but... Uh, with him out of the picture, at the very worst, I see it being a 41-20 split. And that's at the absolute very worst. But I actually think it's going to be closer to 160. Uh, so 100 mm-hmm. games for Danny and then 60 games for Reese. And the reason why is because I think we're going to see Reese McGuire push Danny Jansen at the start of the season and in spring training. And they're going to want to let that play out. Uh, we talked about this several months ago in the podcast about the competition between Reese and Reese McGuire and Danny Jansen and how they will push each other and it will help them both elevate their games. Uh, and actually, I think it was Clayton who brought it up. But I mean, this was like six months ago. <laughs> um, I think both of them are going to push each other to be better. And I think that's why Danny Jansen will be much better than he was this year because he'll actually have a competent backup who can maybe not teach him things, but push him to be a better person uh, (laughs) at the plate. Healthy competition is never a bad thing. Yeah, I I think it's a good thing. And I think that giving Reese McGuire 60 games to work with instead of 30, if he can hit that well, it might actually be a competition. It could be a split could be an 80-80 split. It's hard to say. Uh, next up here, Brandon Drury. I don't want to spend too much time no. on Brandon Drury here. Can we just agree that Brandon Drury gets an F? Round the horn Fs? Round the horn F. Round the horn Fs, Patrick? Yep. Uh, <laughs> this was his opportunity to demonstrate that he has the ability to hang in a, a lineup. He failed miserably. He hit well below the average that was expected. No defensive upside, really. Um, He got to soak up a ton of MLB experience. Good for him. Uh, I think on another team that's going to be 30 to 40 games below 500, he could do the same thing. (laughs) He'll soak up a ton of games on a shitty team. So the 2020 Blue Jays? No, I think he'll end up somewhere uh, much, much worse off. I could see him in Baltimore, Kansas City, or Detroit. Uh, you know, logging, you know, a good solid 100 games, 120 games, playing on a team that has uh, at least three to five more years before they can complete 
the first phase of a rebuild. Uh, but Brandy Jury is not going to be on this team next year. And if he is, we're going to lose 100 games because he just drags the team down. He's a below replacement level player. His WRC plus is 66. As uh, as Jay and Dan would say, you blew it. He did blow it. He had a chance and he blew it. F's all round. F's round the horn. F's. Uh, Justin Smoke. It's probably one, his last ride. One probably, last ride. Probably his last time as a Jay. Let's be honest here. He got that standing ovation during his last game for a reason. Fans can sense it. He's probably not going to be back yeah. next year, but... You guys might agree with me on this, or disagree with me, sorry. I'm giving him an A. Not for this year, but just as a general, as a Blue Jay, he's getting an A. He did everything we wanted him to do. He was solid. His last year wasn't that great. He had an off year this year, let's be real here. But for everything he did for the Jays, I'm giving him an A. Off the field, he was great. He was never a distraction. He was great in the lineup. He had some clutch home runs. great, too. He was just great. I loved him as a Jay. So Justin Smoke, for this season, he's getting like a C-. minus. And you know what? C. He had 22 dingers. Um, He's getting a C for me for this season. Uh, His tenure as a J is getting an A for me. I'm going to give his wife an A on Twitter because she is hilarious. She is the best. Uh, But also, uh, for this season, a C. His walk rate still the highest of his career. With some help in the lineup consistently around him. Probably hits a little bit better. He was bothered by a quad injury a lot of the year. It just never really... Um, got over that. The strikeout rate was also low. Um, just the power numbers slipped a little bit for Old Smokey. His BABIP was terrible. A lot of bad luck. The shift is is was is killing him. Um, his defense is deteriorating quite rapidly, as it does for older players. It's it's going to happen. He's only thirty two, almost thirty three. But yeah, I'll give him the C. Uh, but like you said, yeah, uh, for a, for a Blue Jays career, if this is really the end for Smokey. We got more out of him than we ever could have hoped to. He was one of those guys who was just completely average when he was with the Mariners and and he started with Texas. Uh, so let's let, I'm going to give him an, an, also an A for his Blue Jays career. A human being, um, A for his time in Toronto, uh, C minus this year. I mean, the body's made out of hamburger meat. Eventually, it breaks down. <laughs> it happens to us all. Um, Eventually, we are told that we can no longer play this game. Um, I don't think Smoke is quite there yet, but you know, have him go sign a one- or two-year deal on a team that's going to be 30, 40 games below 500. So he'll be in Baltimore or Detroit or Kansas City or um, maybe Texas, maybe uh, Seattle next year. I, don't, I think those are all teams that aren't going to be much better than what they were. I mean, I think Texas will be worse next year because I hate them. I don't know. Isn't Justin That's a good reason? The Rangers. That's a good reason, guys. Yeah, he was drafted by the Rangers. He didn't, he didn't play a full year there. They traded him to Seattle. Mm-hmm. I think he's still got three good years left in him. Not Well, not good years, but he's got three years left in him on yeah. just you know, being, a, being a backup first base DH kind of guy. Um, last but least, least. <laughs> um, bye, Luke Maley. F's round the horn. F minus. F's minuses round the horn here. Anyone want to touch on Luke Maley? I don't want to touch him at all. I'm done with Luke Maley. Such a tease. 
Not really. Yeah, he had potential to be pretty good. Last year, he was, he was like, oh, man, this Luke Mealy guy. I remember, yeah, that was a big thing, and yeah. I was always like, Now it's on, just guys. like Luke Mealy, see you later. He, there's zero chance he's going to be back next year with Maguire and Jansen playing yeah. as well as they did. He might be in a minor league contract in AAA Buffalo. We'll True. See. Yeah, Luke Mealy, anything else on Luke Mealy? F. But you never know. Um, imagine this scenario. Danny Jansen... Uh, Reese McGuire, and I don't even know who our catchers are in AAA. I mean, one of them was Luke Melee, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's just imagine that all the catchers that we have in our entire system all line up and are mysteriously like hit by the same bus Whoa. that happens to be driven by <laughs> Luke Melee, and they all tear their MCLs and are out for like six months. How do you only tear your MCL That's, if you get hit by a bus? I don't know. He it's a calculated them. bus and strike. With, even with all those injuries, Luke Melee will still probably share a split next year. Are they like lying some... on the ground and the bus runs over yeah. one of their knees? Like they got they, one behind the back? They do it all voluntarily because they want Luke Melee to have more playing time, but it would take literally every catcher uh, yeah, from right. AA up to MLB to tear their, their MCL. League-wide. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like a league-wide Is there no one else? In order for Luke Mayley to be back in an MLB lineup as a catcher. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, with that awesome mental image, we'll call it a podcast. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, whether it be on uh, iTunes or Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen thanks a bunch again give us a review share us on facebook and twitter um get the street cred up we'd really appreciate it if you do if you uh give us a review or you like us on facebook or you share it or something like that take a screenshot and send it to us Shout on outs. social media uh we will give you a bat flips and maple dips custom t-shirt wow it'll just be a white t-shirt with some sharpie written on it at bfmd podcast or something like that <laughs> but we'll give you some swag if you show us that you're sharing our stuff and giving us reviews uh we'll give you some gear We'll give you some custom gear signed by us, made out of Sharpies and white T-shirts. Uh, for Justin and Patrick, uh, that's it for us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at BFMD Podcast. What's the uh, goodbye song today there? The bud? goodbye song is from one of my favorite childhood bands and still one of the greatest groups out there. Weezer, Say It Ain't So. See you later. Oh, yeah.